Hello. There we go. Woo! We're hot. Hot, hot, hot. Good morning. We'll get this tuned in here in a minute. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. Glad you're here this morning. We continue in the series of... Not one that Ron is uh, addicted. Uh, we are saddened this morning that Ron is not with us. But, uh, well, you gotta, Phil, do, you got to do the Ron. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Phil is here, and, and he, is, he, is, <laughs> he is more than capable of leading us as he has for 13 or 14 years. Guys, um, this past weekend, deer camp, as Phil says, the best we've ever had. Um, deer camp is a special place. And I've got the video this morning, but uh, also... You're getting an email weekly uh, about Deer Camp and making <laughs> pledges and then honoring your pledges and uh, making contributions. If you're if you're not familiar with the Deer Camp fundraising program, uh, there is a link in the email that goes to videos about Phil that kind of introduces Deer Camp a little bit to the guys that've been there. But we've got another gentleman that's done a video, and if you're ready, Jeff, let's air it right quick, please. All right. So we're here at the. Uh coaching weekend uh, we're into 21 years um, of doing these weekends uh, that are life-changing uh, they are the kind of environment that I wish every man uh, could experience because so much of what we do here is facilitating an environment for men to be open and honest uh, about their lives and be able to receive the love and the grace that is part of the gospel that is so rarely experienced. Now we talk about it and it's taught, um, but we don't often as men have anywhere we can go that we can experience it firsthand. And that's what Ebenezer Place is about. And that's what we've been doing for 21 years. It really is an experiential weekend. Phil and I talk about this often, but getting to just actually kind of ride shotgun, watching God's work uh, in the hearts of men uh, is just, uh, there's nothing better. Uh, it's one of the greatest joys in life to see guys certainly uh, coming back and being a part of uh, the community on an uh, ongoing, consistent basis. Mm -hmm. And actually witnessing and seeing real life change mm -hmm. is, is powerful. Mm -hmm. And so God has given us this place uh, that we certainly want to make it a better place. And we need your help. Uh, we want you to be excited about what God is doing here and take this place that he gave us 21 years ago and make it a better place. So what we're looking at is putting in an industrial kitchen, putting in more bunk rooms, and just cleaning up and um, better uh, caring for what he has given us. And so we're hoping that every man who has been uh, through uh, deer camp and fish camp and others who believe in our ministry would invest in this as we prepare to take this place and make it a better place. Taking it to the next level and uh, the, the kind of the phrase that I would put with it is we want this to be a place of radical hospitality mm. and extravagant grace. Mm. So bottom line is uh, we want the Lord to be proclaimed consistently in the uh, lives of men. So we believe building the future by restoring men's hearts is being done at Ebenezer Place now, and we want that to continue through the gospel of Jesus. Please invest.
Thank you. Guys, um, I, I, I'm just keying off of that, looking, looking at the future of the next few weeks. Thanksgiving is next week. We will not be meeting. Uh, we actually wrap up the series <laughs> Marine Jesus today. And then we've got, after Thanksgiving, we've got three weeks uh, in preparation for Christmas. So we're into the holiday season. I, I know I can remember back uh, at my first time in deer camp uh, where I was in the struggle of life. And, man, when I heard that we weren't meeting on a Thursday, it was it was a shock to me because this group meant so much to me. It still means so much to me. So I would encourage you, if you know somebody in a struggle or if you're in a struggle, looking forward to the next few weeks, uh, if we're not meeting here on a Thursday, grab a buddy, go get some coffee, get some lunch, grab dinner, whatever may fit your schedule, I encourage the community to reach out to those other guys who are not meeting here. Just continue your fellowship each week. Let me open some prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity of gathering here. I thank you for ceasefire, for hosting us, providing the breakfast and the coffee. God, you nourish our stomachs and now nourish our hearts. Anoint Phil as he brings the message of you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Joe. Gentlemen, I'm excited and kind of a little sad this morning as well. Uh, this is our last morning with Marine Jesus. Uh, I have enjoyed this series, and I uh, trust that you have uh, as well. Um, I want to offer you a song, and, um, you know, our... Um, title that we're working with this morning is Surrender. Now, it's a little bit ironic to be talking about anything related to Marine and then talking about surrender, is it not? Uh, but truly, the idea of surrendering to Jesus um, is the most courageous thing, most manly thing uh, that we can do. It's not giving up, it's getting started. Uh, the way up is down. And for years, you know, I've, I've loved the old hymn, I Surrender All. Uh, Phil Dixon has, uh, has sung that song hundreds of times, as I did growing up in a little country church in East Tennessee. And um, I, could, uh, I thought that's the song that I would play this morning, I Surrender All. But I stumbled on to another Zach Williams song. I think uh, through our series, about half the songs that I've played have been by Zach Williams powerful song that I have never heard before. Follow with me as I read just some of the words to you, this idea of surrender. Um, again, the title of Zach Williams' song about surrender is Turn It Over. I spent so long living in the dark, living in the dark, I ran so fast until it fell apart, until it fell apart. Now, I'm on my knees. All my life, I surrender. I throw my hands up. The war is over. I am fallen on the altar. I throw my hands up. I need a savior. Oh, I, oh, I, oh, I turn it over. I turn it over. May you hear the voice of God and may you open our hearts to what he has for us this morning. I've been so long living in the dark living in the dark i ran so fast until it fell apart 
till it fell apart Now I'm on my knees Oh my life I surrender I throw my hands up The war is over I am Corinthians 16, 13. Let's continue. 
Follow with me as we read our introductory paragraph. Marine Jesus. Again, as we start, uh, the first week that we started, I had Josh uh, Robles uh, come and just share a little bit of his story. And kind of the way that we came to grab a hold of this title, is a, and, and Josh shared this um, openly, um, he and I are sitting together and... Um, you know, he's just trying to figure out how to get back on the horse, so to speak, after he's been bucked off several times. And uh, Josh, by his own admission, um, is a gentle guy, uh, but he's learning uh, how to be a little tougher. Um, and I said, dude, I said, you need a Marine Jesus. And that's kind of how the, the, this whole phrase coined it. And I, you know, I mean, he didn't look at me like, what are you talking about? He knew what I was talking about. And that's what we all need. Uh, not trying to uh, take anything away from Jesus, but trying to get us to hear who Jesus really is. Marine Jesus. He is with you always, just like your rifle. Simba 5, always faithful. To be a Marine means a daily commitment to live up to the highest standards. Being a Marine means to be ever accountable to the warrior ethos which adheres to these fundamental truths. Character counts, honesty is incorruptible, and integrity means everything. We need our Christian commitment to be more Marine-like than what our culture has made Christian men to be. Jesus modeled a warrior-like character. When we discover his true character, we uncover the real Jesus, a true knowledge of Jesus is our greatest need and our greatest happiness. This study will help us be the men God designed us to be, men willing to initiate, take responsibility, and to fight for a cause greater than ourselves, simplify. I want to offer you just a short part of a clip. Now, the, uh, the clip is 10 minutes long, and uh, Jeff's going to show about... Uh, two and a half minutes uh, of this clip, I would encourage you to go back and watch the whole thing. But it is this idea that we are in a war. It's interesting, Zach Williams' song talks about the war is over, and what's being talked about in that song is the war is over in our hearts. We no longer have to fight with our false self. We no longer have to fight against ourselves. We give ourselves to Jesus, and we become our true self, our real self. But the war continues all around us. You are being hunted. You are being uh, pursued. The enemy wants to take you and me out. Watch this. Following Jesus, it's, it's a war. <laughs> it's not not joining the happy club it's just it's uh you know it's not just some chuck e cheese in here it's uh it's like it's a war it's a battle and you have to think it through am i willing to suffer am i willing to fight this fight because um, if you sit on the sidelines you don't do anything satan's not going to attack you you know some of you guys well satan doesn't attack me. well does he have reason to I just think it's those times when you go, okay, I'm going to fight this thing. I'm going to go after it. So, so understand if you decide to follow Jesus, not, not pray a prayer and call yourself a Christian, 
Okay, I'm saying if you really make a decision to follow Jesus and live for his kingdom, really, that seemed like what Jesus did. Do you understand that by following Jesus Christ, it means you're entering into a war? That it means to follow, I mean truly follow Jesus Christ and live the way he asked you to. To follow his morality that's going to get more and more unpopular on this earth. It's going to be a war. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a fight. And the question is, is do you really want to do that? Do you see Jesus Christ and his forgiveness and his eternal kingdom something that is so valuable that you're willing to lose everything in order for that? That you're willing to fight the fight for the rest of your life? See, that's, that's the question. Is, is Jesus that valuable to you? Because if so, then yes, then come up into this water. If you want to get baptized, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you just right off the bat, this isn't like a fun thing um, on this earth. There are times when it's just absolutely brutal, absolutely brutal, because it's a war, it's a battle. But it's because you believe that there's a treasure in Christ and an intimacy you can have with him that's worth the pain that's worth the fighting, that's worth the suffering, and that there's an eternal kingdom that he offers that's worth it all. And there's an intimacy and a relationship you can have with God. And that's such a great treasure that, yes, I'll come up here, and by entering the waters, you are dying to your old self. That old self with all the things that you're holding on to and you thought would bring you so much pleasure, you realize that was a dead-end road, and I found something. So even if I have to suffer on this earth, I'm going to go for it because it's a treasure so great that with great joy, I'll go through the suffering and get this treasure. fighting with, what are you fighting for? Write it down. What are you fighting for? You can look at the three questions there on your page in addition to the one you just responded to. What do you want Jesus to do for you? Guys, as I've said to you before, Jesus never healed anybody unless he asked them implicitly or explicitly. What do you want me to do for you? He engages our heart. You just didn't come in and start zapping people healed. He engaged their heart. What do you want me to do for you? I want to see. I'll go down there and slap some mud on your eyes and come on back up here and we'll see what happens. What do you want? I want to walk. What if the lame man would have said, nothing, I'm cool, peace out, Jesus. I mean, that would have been stupid. No, I want to walk. Guys, if you can't connect to your desires, then don't expect Jesus to bring healing to your life. What do you want? What do you want this morning? 
I would hope that what you want is that that which you are fighting for um, would be a victorious pursuit. Right? Jesus, this is what I want you to do for me. I want you to bring healing to my marriage, to my relationship with my son, my daughter. Second question, what will you give up to receive what you want Jesus to do for you? Now, this is not Lent. You know, what are you giving up for Lent? What are you giving up? What are you giving up? Now, I'd suggest to you that the key to, to answering that question is having enough self-awareness to know what your false self is. Your false self is what Jesus said must die. And your false self is that which you and me are doing to make our own lives work. And Jesus said, no, your self-effort is not needed in the house. I got this. Trust me. What is your false self? What do you do that kind of digs your fingernails into your life that your wife keeps saying, that ain't working? This is what life looks like in Jesus. An open hand, a surrendered hand, false self. This past weekend, of course, we had uh, best deer camp ever. Unbelievable what God continues to do at Ebenezer Place. Sweet, sweet time. And, um, you know, the each each weekend kind of has a theme, you know, there's a there's some common uh, books or common themes that start to emerge in every weekend. Every weekend is alive and it breathes and it's it, uh, it's different and, and uh, the same at the same time. And one of the books that we talked a lot about that you need to put on your uh, reading list if you haven't read it all, already, I've actually done a series on this, is um, The Relational Soul. Uh, by James Cofield and Richard Floss, P-L-A-U-S-S. -S. And um, the subtitle is um, Defeating Your False Self or something like that. I can't remember exactly how it's uh, it worded. If Ron were here, he would he would correct me immediately or he would uh, help me to remember. Um, but, it's, but it's the idea of your false self um, uh, being defeated. And that's what we need to give up. It's not like giving up sugar or, you know, giving up watching football. I'm not doing that, you know. But I want my false self to be eradicated, uh, for sure. That's what we want to give up. What is your false self? What is it that you are doing uh, to try to make life work and it ain't working? And then thirdly, is your experience of being a Jesus follower one of joy? The Bible is very, very clear that the internal experience of being a Jesus follower, calling yourself um, a, a Jesus follower, is one of joy. And that doesn't mean that every minute of every day is like joyful. But truly, the Bible says that when we come uh, to God, and we begin to live his life, that there is a joy uh, that we begin to experience. I, I've tasted of those waters. I know what joyful water 
tastes like. I'm not going back. So let's dig in. Jesus, surrender. What does it really mean? Now again, surrender to Jesus does not mean giving up or resignation. Well, you know, it ain't going to get any better, so I'll just surrender to the reality that my life sucks and it ain't going to get any better. Yeah. You got the wrong understanding of surrender. You know, the, in the old westerns, you know, surrender was, you know, you hold up your hands. Well, in the godly sense, surrender means that we hold up our hands and we drop to our knees. And in that exchange of our life for Jesus' life living in us is a power beyond belief. You know what the kingdom of God really means in a one-word summary? The kingdom of God is here, Jesus said. The one-word summary is power. There's power in the kingdom. Um, years ago, um, the illustration that I had taught to me, and I, I used this for years, and um, it's like, you know, when you surrender to Jesus, it's kind of like, I want to play the piano like Mozart. And so, man, I want to play the piano. I'm so committed. You know, I saw this movie about Mozart, and read all of his biography, and man, I'm so inspired. I'm going to play the piano like Mozart. So man, I start practicing, practicing, you know, chopstick, ding, 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 you know, one finger, you know, I start to get my fingers going. I actually get me a tutor, and man, I'm going to play the piano like Mozart. No, never. It won't happen. But what if, what if, Imagination. What if, what if somehow the spirit of Mozart could come inside of me and live in me and begin to play the piano through me? That's how I would be playing the piano like Mozart. Guys, that's as good an illustration as I know of what it means to surrender to the power of Jesus. That he lives his life in and through me. Not that I'm trying to get better in performing for you. I give my life to you to live your life in me. Jesus has no intention of letting you become whole apart from his moment-by-moment -moment presence and life within you. I walk with Jesus. I walk by faith. Jesus, the quality of the presence and actions of Jesus. Who was Jesus, this marine Jesus? Jesus is life. He's not a part of my life. He's not a self-help program. He is life. Apart from him, I am dead. It, the pure, lush, exuberant life that Jesus offers is my life that proves to be unquenchable, <coughs> unquenchable, unstoppable, indestructible. Look at John chapter 1. Gospel of John. John chapter 1. 
verse 3. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing, came into being without him. And guys, the implication is, ain't nothing going to happen in you without him. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. The life, light blazed out of the darkness, and the darkness couldn't be put out. God comes into our hearts, and he begins to eradicate darkness step by step, moment by moment, as we keep trusting him. How do you activate the light of Jesus in your life? And it's by faith, not by performance. It's by trusting him, not by learning a new skill and getting better. It, it, it involves you, for sure. You've got to get out of the boat if you're going to walk on water. But, but the daily exercise of trusting Jesus is far more significant than your self-effort. It's not about self-effort. The resume of Jesus just in Matthew 9. I love this. Now, I, I'm not going to take the time to read through Matthew 9, but, but you can turn over uh, to this, you know, sometime in your study this weekend over the holidays. Matthew 9. Now, if we just looked at Matthew 9, the resume of Jesus is what I call it. He steps off the boat from rebuking um, um, uh, the uh, the demon legion, and he heals a paralyzed man. Boom! Paralyzed man is walking. He calls Matthew, the old tax collector, to join him, has dinner in his home with uh, a scandalous crowd. I mean, they're talking about him. He rebukes the Pharisees for getting in a snit over it. I mean, they're calling him a rogue because he's hanging out with this tax collector guy and all of his buddies. It's like the mafia. And there's Jesus eating pasta and drinking wine. He explains why his disciples don't fast. So he kind of throws a skunk in the room to the religious guys. That's opening up the freedom he came to bring. It's not about keeping the law. He heals a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. Just touches her and she's healed. He raises a little girl from the dead. Makes mama happy. He heals two blind men. Boom, boom. Healed. He heals a mute by casting out a demon. I mean, oh my goodness, the guy's talking. And he journeys through, it says at the end of the chapter, all the towns and villages spreading the news about the kingdom of God. If that was reported on the news, that all that happened in a short period of time, that guy would be famous. Famous Amos. Right there. He would be famous. And he is. In your heart and my heart. And you know, the Bible says it's all yours for the asking. John 10.10 10, I came to give life. I came to give life and give it extravagantly. Abundantly. John 12. Look at John 12. 24. 
Listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried on the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But, it is, but if it is buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is destroys that life. But if you let go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. Because if you make notes in your Bible right there, what, what you can put out there is the dying of the false self. That's what Jesus is talking about, about the grain of wheat falling into the ground and dying. It's that false self, the part of you and me, that kind of trying to live life with our fingernails dug in and we're trying to control everything. And it's like, you got to get your fingernails out of it, open up your hand, and you walk around like this. Go to Walmart and walk around like this. Well, no, don't do that. But, you know, that's the image that God invites us into. Get your fingernails out of it. Die to self, your false self, in order to become your real self. Let him be himself with you. Do business with Jesus. Do business with Jesus. We use that phrase on Sunday morning uh, at Deer Camp. I love that phrase. And um, you, know, you guys who have been to Deer Camp, you know what I'm talking about. You guys who haven't been, you need to come. Um, I love every part of our weekend. Sunday morning is special. I want you to turn over to John 15. John 15. You know, I could read this whole chapter, but just verse 4, 4 and 5. Live in me. Live in me. I mean, close your eyes for a minute and just use your imagination. I'm not going to hypnotize anybody, make anybody act like a chicken. I could do that. I'm trained. <laughs> but close your eyes for a minute. Trust me. Live in me. What does that look like? Live in me. What would it look like in your life today if you live in Jesus? Walk through your day. 10 o'clock this morning. I'm living in Jesus. Jesus is living in me. I go through the day. At noon, live in Jesus. Two o'clock in the afternoon, live in Jesus. All this day, I'm living in Jesus. The battle is raging. Circumstances and people haven't changed. But at four o'clock, I'm living in Jesus. I go home at the end of the day. I walk in. I'm tired. Live in Jesus. Live in Jesus. I spend the evening with my family. Live in Jesus. Live in Jesus. Listen to this, again, with your eyes closed. 
This is verse 11 through 15. Listen as I read this. In, in John 15, verse 11. I told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy, and your joy wholly mature. This is my command. Love one another the way I love you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. For your friends. Get involved with somebody. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've made you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. With your eyes closed. Who are your friends? Who are you concerned about? Who are you loving? What are you fighting for? Man, oh man, you can open your eyes. Make your home in me, just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you're joined with me. And again, just, just that connection, just that relationship, just that faith connection, not performance. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to fix myself. Dude, honestly, when I hear that, that scares me. And, and uh, I, uh, Jeff and I were talking earlier. When I'm, at, when I'm at deer camp, I mean, there's all kinds of things said, as you can imagine. And I don't feel compelled to kind of be the Holy Spirit and correct everything. Um, if I did, it would be, I mean, there's some stupid stuff that gets said at deer camp. I would never deny that. But it's kind of like, you know, watching children grow up. Sometimes you just got to fall and hit your head on the coffee table. You know? But, but one of the things that I will kind of speak into is if I see somebody just said, you know, I'm going to try harder. I'm, I'm, I'm going to fix myself. Dude, I've been there. I've tried to do that. And it don't work. It's like surrender. I surrender. The, the, the healing words of Jesus that Jesus invites us into is, I can't. I can't. I need help. That's powerful. That's that allowing Jesus to live his life in me. So number one here, I would say, coming back to this, uh, let Jesus be Jesus in you, is surrender your self-determination. I am determined. I'm going to get her back. Dead. You're going to smother her is what you're going to do. You know? I'm going to rebuild my family. Yeah? And you're going to rush the field, and they're going to feel smothered again. It's like, no, I can't do it. I love you. I want you back. I want to be healed. It is surrender 
in the most powerful way. That's me. The Bible's very clear that God gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. And all character is built on humility. And that is where uh, the Marines probably offer a different model than biblical Christianity, you know? They don't train you to be a Marine by being humble. But that's how Jesus is different. Our humility is the key that unlocks the door. And the synonym for humility, in my mind, is help. That's the synonym for biblical um, character. I need help. I'm here at Deer Camp because I need help. I come to Men's Roundtable because I need it. I call up a friend because I need help. I am a friend because my friend needs a friend, and I'll be that friend. See, it will be hard to receive Jesus' life in any great measure if you keep running off on your own, leaving the body behind in order to do life as you please. Look over at Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16, surrender your self-determination. Verse 24. <coughs> Excuse me as I continue to cough a half a lung up. Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me leave. You're not in the driver's seat. I is. I is. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Well, that kind of sucks. You know, Jesus, can you take the suffering away? And guys, I know most every guy has a story in here, or a lot of them, but at least half of them. I know your stories. And you've had your butt kicked. And it wasn't any fun. But you're here. And and you can give testimony to walking through those hard times. And there is joy in your heart and there's light in your eyes because, because you have embraced the suffering. Follow me and I'll show you how. Now listen to this. Self-help is no help at all. That's that false self. It's got to die. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade your soul? Mm -hmm. See, again, that idea of surrender. I fall to my knees and hold my hands out, and I allow God to live his life in and through me. And it sounds like Mozart playing at the piano. We create beauty. We're designed to create beauty, not to create something morally dead. That's boring. God's an artist, and you're his handiwork. You're beautiful. The hope of trans transformation comes in the presence of Jesus, who rescues me from striving and self-resolve 
then Jesus makes my flaws recede into the background, some crucified others to receive his healing grace. I give up my life so that he can live, live his life through me. Becoming whole. Jesus has no intention of letting you become whole apart from his moment-by-moment -moment presence and life within you. Your brokenness and your sin are not something you overcome so that you can walk with God. They're actually the occasion for you to cry out for the life of God in you to rescue you. Guys, I want you to listen to that. What if, what if God gave you the pain that's in your life through relationships or circumstances to break you into such a painful place that you would cry your way into his arms? the way that a two-year-old cries for his mama to pick him up and hold him. What if? What if the only way that you could begin to really live your life is to begin to cry for the longing of somebody to heal you in such a way that you knew that you could not heal yourself? What if? What if your brokenness was the very path that God has brought into your life to lead you to Him. What if? But that's exactly what God's doing. I look back over my shoulder and see the pain that I've gone through, the people that I've hurt, the shame that I was afraid that you would find out about about ways that I've hurt people and failed. Um, and I thank God for those things. I don't want to go back. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do that again, right, David? I don't want to do that again. But gentlemen, I'm here not based on my performance standing before you this morning, but I'm here because the Lord Jesus Christ has empowered me to stand naked, and unashamed, transparently and vulnerably before you, openly acknowledging what he's done in my life in a way that I could not reveal to myself. And that's just God on the fly. Look over at John chapter 5. John chapter 5 says this, <clears throat> verse 19. So Jesus explained at length, I'm telling you this straight. The Son can't independently do a thing, only what he sees the Father doing. What the Father does, the Son does. The Father loves the Son and includes him in everything he's doing. Guys, this idea of becoming whole is this connection to the Father. And just as Jesus said, I can't even do it on my own. And if Jesus can't do it on his own, what in the wide, wide world of sports makes you think and me think that we can do it on our own? I swear. I swear. I would ask you this. 
in what you're doing in your life? Does it bring life? Does it bring life? Guys, I'm so far from where I want to be. You know, I got a lot more I want to do. But I love what I do. Doggone it, does it bring life? I mean, why do I keep doing what I'm doing? Because it's just fun now. It's just fun. Why would I want to quit? Jesus invades our life. He cleanses this temple, our temple. We give our life to him to be restored. I give my life to you to live your life. I give my life. I surrender. I surrender all. We need to trust a warrior like Jesus, a marine Jesus, to heal our lives. You're involved in the process, but he's the power. It's the kingdom of God. He's the engine, not you. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for inviting us to the banquet table of your feast of grace. Father, give us the courage to take our fingernails uh, out of um, the brokenness of our lives and just openly give ourselves to you. I pray for every man who's going through the hardest time of his life that's in this room right now. Circumstances and relationships that are so challenging. Lord, we give those things to you and we crawl back up on the altar and surrender our life to you. We love you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, have a great uh, Thanksgiving and uh, see you in two weeks.